Christmas time again Time to count my gifts Dad got me on the sauce My mother gave me her codependence It turns out that little Tim Is really a little milkman Nine-year-old Susie just got kicked out of rehab I'm giving, but I haven't got much money. I counted up the cost of milk and honey, but I'm a dollar short of living and a daily for you. Thanksgiving's past, giving me a black eye and a hangover. Thanks. and welcome to podcast number three podcast number three coming to you live from richard's living room re- without recorded richard. from richard's living room <laughs> yeah okay not sans live. richard richard it, is in oregon um I, living it up i guess if you can possibly live it up in oregon i don't know how that works yes and he's playing a show in two days on what is that friday oh yeah i forgot about that friday solo show in salem solo show for richard at the coffee house cafe so if you're in Oregon, go see him. Well, yeah, if you're near Salem. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, you never know. If someone's that interested in us and they happen to live in Oregon and one of the far corners that isn't anywhere near Salem. Or hell, even Washington, you know? Yeah, or Northern California. I think I'm going to plug in all four of the Christmas songs onto this. I know two of them you've heard already, but... Two of them we did last year, and you haven't heard yet this year. So. I, well, when are we releasing this? Uh, as soon as I can get it out there. Oh, okay. I thought maybe, there was maybe tomorrow. I thought there was a set release date because I I was thinking it, that's not a bad idea to uh, 
have the Christmas songs right as we're upon Christmas. So, yeah, see? Yeah, I like so that. So there you go. So, uh, yeah, we'll inter- intersperse them in here somewhere at some point. So uh, I'm not sure exactly how that'll work, but I will make it work. Because I so. have all the power. Make it so. So. Christmas is a, it's a special time. Time to be with the people we love the most. Especially if, especially if there's that special someone in your life that you curl up under the Christmas tree and kiss under the mistletoe and make angels in the snow. But sometimes, sometimes that person goes away and loses them. And then Christmas is hard. It's, it's damn hard. Sometimes it's your fault and sometimes, sometimes it's theirs and sometimes it's because of something you ain't got no control over at all. Well, this song, this song's about that special someone for me. It's Christmas time again. Somehow it's just not right. That my constant close companion jangling his bells tonight. Remember when he came to me. box under the Christmas tree, a box of joy way down below. Cause it was my soft sweet monkey, played with him every day. And I had to go and take him, my poor monkey went away. Played such funny games together, and I would touch him tenderly. I touched him once too often Cause they took him away from me I miss you soft sweet monkey I think about you every day Please bring home my gentle monkey Bring him home by Christmas Day Mrs. Quiet contemplation The bloody looks he throw my way his incessant masturbation turned me on the strangest way. I miss you, soft, sweet monkey. You've been a very naughty boy. Cause you will have to be punished, which will bring us both such joy. Joy, 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 joy. Feel that you were here Our sweet reunion's night I can feel your furry body Pressed against my open thighs Bob your tail and trim your tree Deck the halls with Vaseline You'll be singing hallelujah As I stuff your stocking lovingly I'm used to soft sweet monkey Naughty, naughty boy Now you're back home with your daddy I'll make you moist my favorite toy I missed you, soft, sweet monkey I think about you every day Please bring home my gentle monkey Bring him home by Christmas Day Tonight we have a, a, another beer review because, you know, we got to have a 
beer review every time. And a uh, very appropriate beer review, actually. It hadn't dawned on me until right now, but uh, we'll, we'll start with you, Chris. We, we, what are we you have, drinking? We have some festive holiday beers, actually. They're both uh, they're both Samuel Adams. Uh, mine is Samuel Adams Old Fezziwig Ale, which is an ale brewed with cinnamon, ginger, and orange. has a very festive label. Uh says, this is a hearty, rich, brown-red ale that gets its characters from large amounts of specialty malts. These roasted caramel and chocolate malts give it a very full body and smooth taste that's then spiced with a touch of cinnamon, ginger, and orange. Happy holidays. I don't know whether to be afraid or not. but <laughs> Is that a little too corporate for your beer taste? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I like that even though they're corporate, they still make special beers. Yes. So, the, And they take the time to... Say a little something something about them on the on the label. Yeah. Um, the beer I'm drinking is also a Samuel Adams. It's the Holiday Porter. Um, it's not overtly holiday though uh, in flavor. Not not if you ask me. I, I, I <laughs> not did, not a festival for the tongue. Well, uh, it's it, it's 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 a good porter. I I think Richard would like it. It's uh it's within the realm of the stuff that he normally drinks. So dark um, and flavorful, yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll just to read it off. Samuel Adams Holiday Porter is a full-flavored porter inspired by the famous drink of London's Victorian-era luggage porters, brewed with generous portions of caramel. Uh, Munich, is that an ingredient? Sorry, folks. No, Munich and chocolate malt. I guess that's a, a, Munich a and variety oh, of malt. Munich malt. Okay. I'm, I I uh, should have paid attention that there was no punctuation after Munich. So, Sorry uh, to interrupt you there. Generous portions of uh, caramel, Munich, and chocolate malt. This hearty porter finishes with traditional English fuggles and East Kent goldings. Ooh. Cheers. Hey, yours says cheers. Mine says happy holidays. Yeah. Well, I should taste mine since I opened the bottle and it's been sitting here staring at me. So. Oh, yeah, by all means. So let's see. Pretty spicy, huh? It is. Actually, it's not bad because the spice... I'm glad you like it. The spice isn't overwhelming, surprisingly enough. I'm, I'm glad you like it because I've not heard too many good reviews of it. I didn't think it was bad myself, but um, I know... Uh, Jessica wasn't uh, happy with it necessarily, and I've heard other people. Well, I really kind of like it. There's there's not as much complexity as I would expect from something with with those ingredients. Um, certainly not a lot of hops. It's mostly malt, and then uh, the the spices are just they're very much under the radar, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the best uh, holiday brew I've ever had, but. Uh, it's, it's not a bad beer. Yeah, and uh, you know, to be there, honest, there, I don't there think are some hops there at the finish, but uh, yes, yeah. uh, but I don't think that Samuel Adams uh, has anything that I would consider to be a bad beer. No. Um, well, very what's drinkable. that porter though? Out of curiosity, the one that Richard normally has around here, if he has Black a, Butte. Black Butte. Okay. Yeah. That's a fantastic porter, from the from the Deschutes Brewery in. Uh, in Oregon, I wonder if all of uh, their beer, all of their beers are good. Actually, I wonder if Richard's taking a, a beer tour, a, a, a brewery <coughs> tour while he's in Oregon. Oh, I think we can count on it. Yeah, he's a big 
big follower of Deschutes, so uh, you know if Deschutes wants to uh, sponsor a tour from Haiku Road, I, I think that could probably be arranged. Yeah, that could be dangerous, but it could definitely <laughs> be arranged. I think Richard would drink himself into a stupor. But um, probably, but he's more fun then. Yeah. He's also simultaneously more annoying, so it's a, it's a weird uh, kind of dichotomy there. But, uh, yeah. So. Okay. Well, moving mm. from beer. Well, we won't actually move from the beer. We'll continue to drink it as we speak. It'll be right here next to us. Moving the topic from beer um, to... Uh, we had a, a interesting conversation about uh, the, the song Do They Know It's Christmas, uh, which many of you may remember was put together in a jiffy uh, by an organization uh, that was known at the time as Band-Aid, and Johnson & Johnson, owning the Band-Aid brand, didn't uh, like that. They weren't exactly happy with that, which is crazy because that I just don't think that in, in these days, you know, going on 25 years later, that any large corporation would shy away from uh, someone using their name in association with something that's charitable. I mean, let's uh, and let's look at spam, which is you know not at all charitable or positive. And Hormel was not able to defend their trademark against using the word spam to d discuss yeah. you know mass marketing emails. So you know what a difference twenty years makes. I'll say. But then again, because they were in Great Britain, I don't know if... Different rules may apply. Yeah, international type laws. But still, why Why would... If you're Johnson & Johnson, why would you pull away from that? Why would you shy away from having people use a name like that? Just Corporate suits with no imagination, I tell you. Don't get it. But we were comparing the, uh, the the relative quality and and staying power of that versus "We Are the World" from USA for Africa, which, you know, admittedly, with do they know it's Christmas? It's tied to a holiday, so it's natural when Christmas comes around to think about that song if you liked it. Um, whereas there's not really any holiday for "We Are the World," but by the same token, you know, it goes back to that if you liked it thing. And people seem to still like. Do they know it's Christmas? And we are the world. Just seems to have kind of gone away. Yes, it's probably for the best. Although I, I still appreciate it every once in a while listening to it just for the uh, uh, old timey uh, nostalgic factor of remembering watching the video when I was uh, a child and MTV was one of uh, like twenty stations we had at the time or less. Yeah, and remembering Michael Jackson before he was an alleged child molester. Remembering Michael Jackson before he was uh, considered to be... An alien? The, the freak that he <laughs> truly has made himself to be. Indeed. But, uh, yeah, and we were talking about notable vocal performances on We Are The World. Cindy Lauper being one. Cindy Lauper and Huey Lewis, I think, were are really uh, notable. And Ray Charles actually carries the whole ending of that song between him and Bob Dylan, which... Surprisingly. Not, not one of his best vocal performances, but certainly not one of his worst. Um, he really hasn't had one since, like, that country album, has he? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's just Bob, but they gave him... A, I think they gave him a lot of time 
in the song because it was Bob. They had a couple of legends there, and Bruce Springsteen got a lot of time too. You know, basically, uh, even at the time, Bob and Bruce were up there uh, with the status, and of course, everybody wanted to sing with Ray Charles because Ray Charles was definitely the Ray Charles. Yeah. yeah. So we were also talking about how much time. It seems like Paul Young got into They Know It's Christmas on the subject of people getting a lot of time in the song. Yeah. He's one of those those great singers, songwriters, performers that, you know, kind of gotten forgot, forgotten after the 80s, but he was huge in Britain when they did Do They Know It's Christmas, so they kind of had to have him in there. Sell more records. Yeah. But. Paul Young. Paul Young, if you're listening, uh, we're, we're somewhat of fans, and... Uh, we we thought you did a good job. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm sure Paul Young is just hanging on our every word. Yeah. But if you are out there, yeah, call us up, we'll do a duet or something. Yeah. Yeah, come and we'll 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 back you up. We'll take that paycheck. <laughs> I don't know, he hasn't really had much of a career for like the last ten years. At least. Maybe fifteen. He should uh what was uh oh I'm drawing a blank now, the the big, the big perform Glenn Tilbrook. He should get back hey. with Glenn Tilbrook and uh, do an album and have it produced by Elvis Costello. And then, even if it doesn't sell anything, at least it would be a good album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those where you throw a bunch of good musicians in a room and just sort of expect great things to come out of it. That's one one of my complaints about uh, the Elvis Costello website. There, for a while, there was a uh, question and answer, and you could ask him just about anything, and there was no guarantee that your question would be answered. But uh, I asked him specifically if uh, if there could be uh, some kind of a um, something in the vein of traveling Wilburys, but having Elvis Costello, uh, Tom Waits, and Maybe um, for star power, maybe Bruce Springsteen, or maybe you know a lot of the people that worked on that uh, Black and White Night with Roy Orbison, you know, Katie Lang, or uh, maybe Bono. some some newer people. Well, he wasn't <laughs> in that. He he were he wrote a song for the uh, the album that yeah that um, Roy did right before he. Died. He finished the album, and then the album was released. I don't even think it was no, necessarily wrote, completed. He wrote uh, "She's a Mystery to Me." Right. He wrote that song, but right. in the performance, the the video that was called "Black and White Night." Right. It was a HBO special. He's not in the. Should have been. But Bruce robbed. I tell you, robbed. Bruce is in it, and Elvis Costello was in it, and Katie Lang is in it, and. Uh, Tom Waits, and it was just such a good group of oh Bonnie Raitt. It was such a good group of musicians to have it all on the same stage at the same time. Um, that you would just think, oh, if they decided to do original music together, it would be great. Or even you know somebody like Tom Petty. I mean, not to pluck people from the original Traveling Wilburys, but. <laughs> Uh, you you could you could put together a really great group of like four or five people, and uh, you know especially using people from that uh, black and white night. And it, so that was my question to him: is that would you ever consider this doing something? You know, and I I use those people as an example. I said or anybody else, and no response. No response. At all. No response. 
Ugh. The world is just not fair. No. <sighs> but uh, then, actually, the album that he put out afterwards, uh, Delivery Man, has several songs with Emmylou Harris doing backing vocals and um, one song with... Uh, Not Victoria Williams, but uh, Lucinda Williams. Yeah, I think it's Lucinda Williams. Huh. Victoria Williams was the one that had cancer and uh, MS, I think. But whatever. Yeah, it, Lucinda Williams. I think she does it, and she's kind of. I don't think it's necessarily the best duet out there, but. Uh, I don't. I think they kind of clashed a little bit more than they went together. <coughs> but at least you know he was using some some uh, interesting people as uh, yeah. name performers on his album. Well, you you you've all seen it here now. Any conversation with Eric naturally gravitates eventually toward Elvis Costello. Yeah, you've sorry. now heard proof. Sorry. <laughs> no need, but when no you're, need to apologize. It's when, just amusing. When you're a fan, you're a fan. Yep. Which reminds me of that episode of The Simpsons where Bart gets stuck in the well, and they put together a big, the big benefit, the big benefit thing. Sending our love down the well. Yeah, which is actually probably a better song than We Are the World. Sadly, yes. But my favorite line, probably one of my favorite Simpsons lines of all time, is when Sting, who was a part of that Sending Our Love Down the Well, and you know did a great voice uh, over for it. When they decide to start digging up the, the, the ground to get to Bart, uh, Sting is there ripping his shirt off and digging a hole with a shovel. And Marge says, Sting, what are you doing? And he goes, a fan needs me. And Marge says, I don't remember him buying any of your albums. He's like, I don't think he's much of a fan. In fact, I don't think he has any of your albums. It was great. Good stuff. So... Now I feel like Chris Farley. Remember a time on The Simpsons when uh, Remember Sting when was a, did a voice? That was awesome. Remember that time five minutes ago? Yeah. That was great. Great, just great. Yeah, remember that time when we talked about beer? <laughs> oh, that would never happen. Oh, goodness me.
would you fuck off and die? No presents, no family, no lights, no tree, no pie. It just wouldn't be Christmas without a trip to the morgue. Just to tell them it's not you She faked your own death before It just wouldn't be Christmas Without telling your kids You're with your other family No, I don't know which one This year you ruined my life Every year at the Yuletide Day Just when I think it couldn't get worse Will you find a way? You're a pain in the ass. Don't say sorry, don't bother. I can't believe in a guy that would give me you for a brother. All I want for Christmas is to see. So where are we musically? Musically, we just finished uh, the drum tracks for uh, uh, Cruel Sister, which if any of you have been to the shows, or actually there is an MP3 available, a live version of it. And uh, actually that live version doesn't include any drum. That's but, true. Uh, we, but we got down a good, a very good drum track to build the rest. Excuse me. Beer burp. Oh, a little bit more. <laughs> <coughs> Right. No, really. We'll wait. Okay. Uh, I'm done with the burping now. Um, but anyway, I'm yeah. I'm not done with the farting. <laughs> well, that's good. I'll just move away from you. <laughs> Moving swiftly onward. The, uh, yes, okay. Uh, the, the drum tracks, uh, Chris Chris did them did himself, and uh, we uh, pieced some pieces together, but uh, I think it's going to be very good to uh, build the rest of the song off of. It's integral. 
to yeah. the song, especially the way we're performing it now. It was really getting that drum track down was kind of an epic journey because I'm pretty sure that neither of us has ever tried to mic hand drums in a studio setting. Um, Actually, and, and I this, have, but not this particular kind of drum and... Not in this particular kind of, not exactly a studio setting. Right. Yeah, so um, we had to try about three or four different ways of doing it, and holding those drums up is, is since I'm not a percussionist and I don't do this very often, it, it's kind of tiring having to hold that drum up with the strength of my thighs squeezing together on the drum, and boy, this just sounds really bad, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. But it was very tiring. <laughs> not tonight, honey. My, th my thighs are tired. When Irish thighs are tired... Um, yeah, so anyway, but we eventually worked it out and uh, pieced it together because there were bits that were good and bits that were less good, so we replaced the bits that were less good with copies of the bits that were good, and if I hadn't told you that, you never would have noticed. Yes. And you may not even notice. I, I you doubt that. you will. It's, uh, it's very uh, almost... If, if once you listen to it, you'll notice that if there was twenty people playing the same thing, you'd get a very much a uh, rhythm of the saints, uh, Paul Simon kind of feel to it. That's the that's the kind of drum track it is. So it's really perfect. I hadn't thought of that comparison. Uh, uh yeah, I thought of that while while he was recording it, and I hadn't vocalized it till now. But uh, it's it's really. Um, I think that's why it's so integral that, that the drum tracks were, were done first and then build everything on top of it. So, And we used three separate microphones on the drum. That's the first time we've ever used three mics on a, on a single instrument, I think. Yes. Recorded it to three separate tracks so that we can play with it. Yeah. So that's the, the technical well, lots specs. Of, lots of recording. And it might sound like we didn't get that much done. Uh being that we only got one drum track to a song done, but uh, also I think got a, also got a good vi good guide vocal, a good guide vocal, yeah. Which that'll... actually, had it been properly recorded, probably could have been the final vocal. And uh, it's kind of interesting listening to just the drum drum track and the vocals. It's kind of it's kind of neat. Actually. It's a little eerie, actually, because the song. Um, again, if you're familiar with, if you're not familiar with it, definitely go to the website, take a listen to it. Um, I know, realize it's a live recording, f more or and less bootleg for, style. And I kept forgetting the words, so it was kind of but uh, uh, very rough. I, I know that it's one of the uh, family favorites. My brother and my father have both mentioned that uh, from the songs that are available on the website, um, they, both of them uh, are... Uh, that's that's in their... I, I did not know that. Top, one top of, of their list. Yeah, they, they really like that one. And my brother went so far as to... Uh, Research the the lyrics because they are uh, Gallic. Uh, well, Scots, sorta. Of. Oh, it's Scots. Yeah. See, yeah, it's not actually Gallic. Excuse my ignorance. Scots, on this. Scots is Scots is a is a dialect of English. Gallic is a completely different language. Oh, okay. And uh, and actually, the lyrics I think are very. I think they're mostly standard English, mostly. The. Uh, the refrains, yeah, and the version the, the version of the song that we do, um, 
is actually I, I copped it straight from Old Blind Dogs, um, and their version is actually it's a variant of Cruel Sister that's actually pretty uncommon, but of all the versions I've heard of that song and that particular story, uh, it's my favorite. the the story the, the story of the song, in case you haven't heard it, haven't seen us, uh, is basically there are these two sisters who um, both basically fall in love with the same man, and that's sort of because he's seeing both of them at the same time. Uh, so that naturally would sort of happen. So the older sister pushes the younger sister into the sea, and she can't swim, and she drowns uh, because she wants the man to herself. So then along come these two shifty musicians who, upon seeing the body of a dead woman on the shore of the, of the ocean, they, they have the natural thought that, you know, every time I see a dead body, the first thing I think of is, ooh, her ribcage would really make a good harp. Yeah, so they make and a harp. And her hair would make some awesome some, some strings awesome harp strings, harp. right. <laughs> so, yeah, so they make a harp out of her ribcage and string it with her hair, and wouldn't you know it, their first gig after that is playing the wedding reception for the older sister and the uh, the guy who was, you know, two-timing the both of them. Um, and they bring the harp in, going, you know, this 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 will be a really big hit. And uh, instead, the harp sings out and tells everybody it assembled for the wedding what exactly the elder sister did to get where she got. And that's basically the story of the song. So, uh, don't be the cruel sister, I guess, is the moral of that story. Don't yeah. push your sister into the water. Especially yeah. if you realize, you know, knowing the whole time that she cannot swim and will drown. And that she has a very uh, uh, telling ribcage. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I've always said that, that that's like one of one of the best like prototypical Scottish folk songs because it's got every element that makes a Scottish folk song great. It's got drinking, if you count the wedding party at the end. It's got murder. It's got musicians, and it's got an element of the supernatural. Like, all wrapped up into one little tidy package. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm not... I couldn't tell you that that is the requirements for a good Scottish <laughs> folk song, but... I think that's very much open to interpretation. Those are really all good things to have in one song. It mm-hmm. All it needs is some... Uh, some Speak of some kind of animals, and then it would probably... Be and, and a good fight scene. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah, the the extended version should include a fight scene, you know, where the uh, the people in the wedding like kill the the cruel sister. Can we can and, we shoot can we shoot it in in bullet time like the Matrix? Yeah, and and then um, sh- the banishing from the land the evil dude that you know was two timing him in the first place. So that that would be the you know a little resolution to that story. Send him off to America. That's what they always did to Scots who were troublemakers. And apparently Irish folks as well. Uh, and Irish folks too, yeah. Uh, well, on that happy note, yeah. we should probably say happy holidays to everyone. We should. Thank we're, you for we're, listening. We're looking for more St. Patrick's Day gigs. Um, I'm 
St. Patrick's Day weekend, I guess. St. Patrick's Day weekend, yeah. I'm looking for something in. I'm looking at at something in Fountain Hills. Got to give the guy a call because for some reason his email isn't address isn't in his email. It's very weird. How does that work? Well, it's actually an email to the Arizona Irish Music Newsletter. Oh. And uh, he didn't put the email address in his email, and they cut all the headers off of the email. So there's no way to tell. I've got his phone number, but I'm really, really bad with phone calls, so we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll see if yeah, I can find That reminds me I should call the people at the Earth Mother Mind Jam. Earth Mind Mother Earth, Earth Mother Earth, Mind Jam. Earth Mother yeah, Mind Jam. E M M J. Uh they'll be performing uh well they'll that that little jam, if you will, it's a usually a little, we call it a shindig here. Yeah, it's it's uh Last year it was a two-stage event, so I'm I'm assuming it'll be the same this year. Which uh, and hopefully the weather's a little bit better. Better, the better. weather's better. Hopefully the weather is a little bit better this year, uh, because I'm sure they'll have some some of it outside, if not the majority of it. Um, and I understand it's taking place at the mill or uh, the loft on Mill Avenue. I was going to say the mill on Loft Avenue. Yeah, that would. The Loft on Mill Avenue. I the Loft, I mean, I'm not exactly sure where that is, but uh, neither here nor there if we don't actually get a spot on it. But I think it would be really cool to uh, get a spot on that, especially if the album is done by then, which yeah. is uh, might be a real yes. stretch, being know. that that show's on January 28th. Oh, by then, we might not. But we are definitely trying to up our public profile, I think, because the album's going to be done soon. Soon being a relative term here. Yeah, because if we up the public profile too much early on, then we'll be spending more time rehearsing for shows and less time finishing the album. Yeah, so we're moving slowly, but uh, by the time the album comes out, I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, you're sick of seeing our face everywhere, because that means that we will have accomplished our mission. Yeah. But we'll see if it happens. Meanwhile, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, all that other fun stuff. Happy Kwanzaa. Yeah, if you actually if, celebrate Kwanzaa. If, if you watched The Which Daily Show like yesterday, a... they really slammed, uh, I forget her name, from, from The View because she said Kwanzaa, if you celebrate that, and kind of, you know, rolled her eyes. And they actually they showed that clip, and oh, man, I was cracking up. <laughs> but uh, apparently Bill O'Reilly is as big of an idiot as ever because... They used a clip from uh, The Daily Show from a year ago uh, claiming that The Daily Show was one of the people at uh, Secular Central, as, as Bill Riley called Comedy Central, uh, the, that they're one of the, Idiot. One of the uh, shows that is um, uh, giving Christians a hard time for telling people Merry Christmas and that it's, you know, that it's evil to say Merry Christmas. And I thought Jon Stewart's argument was one of the best actually it's like you say happy holidays because there are multiple holidays and you need that plural in there i uh, I, I remember saying that myself two weeks ago so it's i it, it is the best argument of all if if uh someone says happy holidays by all means don't get offended it means that they're saying have happy holidays all of them yeah. enjoy all of the holidays on right. that note, um, we'll we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, in theory. In yeah, in theory, <laughs> we'll night. talk to you. You won't talk to us. Have a good one.
Figure this out. 